0: ninth session this week or something like that we're so excited to have you here at the family track for the Boone Center for the family i I just wanna you know at each session I've tried to mention a different program that we have today I just want to remind you all that through the Boone Center we do have a ministers marriage enrichment two-day experience Uh, it is here on the campus lovely place Uh, You stay at the villa for two nights, which actually the villa is about $250 a night. Get a beautiful ocean view room, have breakfast and lunch each day, and there's a seminar that I run from 9 to 3 each day. And then we encourage our couples to go walk on the beach or eat at great restaurants. But if you are a minister, if you are a church leader, we'd love to have you attend with us. If you are here because you're a really active member in your church, you may know a pastor that might need a couple of days of relaxation and we'd love for you to send them our way. We have material at the back. We also have our Relationship our RQ program and our Marriage Strong program. Ramella and I'd be happy to answer any questions for you after we're finished. I am thrilled beyond thrilled to have Aaron and Greg Smalley here with us today. Uh, they run the marriage section of focus on the family. They have inspired and affected millions of lives over the year and Greg actually was involved with a marriage intensive program years and years and years ago uh, that my husband and I were trained to lead intensives in the model that they originally uh, created and we um, from that model uh, developed some material that has literally changed our lives and so I feel very fortunate um, to be in relationship with Greg and Erin and know the significant work that they've done across the country in marriages and around the world but specifically the powerful material that they endorse so I am thrilled to have them here with you today you're in for an engaging time thanks Greg and Aaron for being here with us
1: Well, thanks. I knew it's a beautiful day and I we've heard that it's been pretty cloudy and dreary right leading up to today. So, thanks for being here.
2: Yeah, this is commitment I mean, yeah. to be in here over what's out there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. We were we got in yesterday, so we were just hanging out at the beach. Now, we're from Colorado Springs, so I mean, we're used to cold. But uh, sitting on the beach, it was a little chilly, I've got to admit. Yeah. We, I had yeah,
2: sweatshirt on and wasn't ready for that. No. But so. not cold like it was in Colorado yesterday. It was 30 yeah. degrees and snowing when we left, so no one was feeling bad for us sitting on the beach. <laughs>
1: yeah, seriously. Well, again, we are thrilled to be here. Terry, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sharon, thank you so much for having us. We've, we've been long-standing admirers of the work that you guys are doing, and so, boy, I tell mm-hmm. you, as you're learning to in, in work with couples who are in crisis, uh, they they just have such an amazing model. So any opportunity to get training uh, from the Hargraves, you've got to do that. So again, we're just we're blessed to be here. We uh, we get the privilege of traveling around the country doing marriage seminars. Aaron and I have done in counseling together, intensives together for many, many years, written books together. So this is obviously the thing that we love to talk about. So we're not going to, though, be weird. Like Aaron and I do things to strengthen our own marriage. And we were at a marriage conference one time. And seriously, the guy started like first thing out of his mouth was that he had all the guys stand up, which is I mean, you don't do that, right? Like, yeah, you just don't make the guys stand up. So, we made us all stand up. So, we're feeling awkward anyway, kind of looking at each other. And, and the guy said, Now turn to your wife and share with her something that you've never told her. <laughs> <laughs> and we were waiting for the just kidding, and it never came. And uh, that was a unique way. So, we're not going to do any of that kind of stuff. Um, love to take questions is as we go through some of our material if there's something you're curious about on how that might work for a couple maybe you're working with or in whatever capacity please we'd love to take questions so we'll try to make time especially at the end so we thought we could start Uh, we tell a lot of stories about our family so this just to give you a quick sense of when we talk about our family here's who we're talking about
2: yeah so this is our family Greg and I have been married for 25 we're going on 26 years this May the 30th will be 26 years we've been blessed with four um, delightful children two of which are here with us today so I can't say what I usually say about them when I introduce them via picture I'm just kidding
1: cuz she usually says who her favorite is but she won't do that I won't do that today yeah
2: I can't see garrison he's hiding (laughs) so We have four children. Our oldest daughter is Taylor. She's married to Caleb right here on this side. Second daughter is Murphy. She is um, actually just finished her sophomore year of college today. She just called and said she finished her last final, entering nursing school in the fall. Taylor is a nurse as well, and I'm originally a nurse. So we have all of your physical needs um, covered as you age. I also have a master's in in counseling, so I can help the emotional part as well. So we have you covered between the three nurses that are gonna be in our family. Our son Garrison is standing next to Murphy and he is also in the back there. He's just turned 17, sophomore in high school, almost a junior, Gare. And then little Annie is in the front here and she's in the back as well. She is turning 11 this summer and she was a gift to us um, from China that we have, we've loved having her as our daughter um, for the past eight years. And then I often get in trouble if I don't introduce this guy right here. This is Taylor and Caleb's dog, uh, Sammy. He is a large golden doodle, and he is about six times that size now. I think he weighs 70 pounds, and he thinks he's little. But notice um, Caleb here is standing on the leash because I promise you this is the one and only time this dog sat still. So. That's our grand dog. That's all we have thus far. Maybe someday grandchildren. You
1: never know. Hopefully, we hope we would we would like. We hear good things about it, right? For those who are grandparents, <laughs> so we are looking forward to that. I always love looking at our family just thinking about even the last years. Aaron said one of our big opportunities uh, was Taylor's wedding to Caleb, and I I got to perform the wedding, so father of the bride and to perform. I'm sure, many of you have done that. That's hard though. I mean, I had to practice a couple of days beforehand just to try to cry so that I wouldn't be, you know, blubbering, crying the whole time I was up there. So I, I didn't, I, I thought it did all right. Mm-hmm. I only lost it right at the very end. And then I forgot to pronounce a man and wife. So I'm not sure it's legal now, but uh, they're cohabitating. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I can do it post. Well, my favorite part, though, was uh, just right in the middle call for the rings so everybody's grabbing the rings and I just look at Annie our our youngest Annie and she's a bridesmaid she's standing right there waving at me trying to get my attention and so you know I'm thinking now you can't get this wait till later so she's waving and so as they're getting the rings I look at her and just went you know yeah and so she mouths the words I'm bored <laughs> so we tell you that just in case you do feel bored at some point, just mouth the words, get my attention, and we'll just move it along or throw in a story of some sort. So I'll ignore you, Annie, for the rest of the time because I know what she's capable of doing. You know, as Aaron and I got married 26 years ago, we, we walked into our marriage and just with all kinds of high hopes, high expectations, I grew up uh, in the home of a guy named Gary Smalley. I don't know if you've heard of Gary before. Yeah, one of the leading foremost marriage experts. So coming from that home, I was getting my doctorates in in marriage and family. Pretty confident, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember telling Aaron we are going to have the easiest, the best, most awesomeness marriage ever. Like we get this. Like other people, eh, not so much. We get this. I haven't told you, right? Just relax. Don't oh, worry. Yeah. Trust and me. And I
2: well, I, I did trust you, and so I thought it was going to be easy, and it turned out. two years into our marriage we were like one argument away from leaving we struggled with conflict we did not handle conflict well we didn't know when we had differences of opinions what to do so we didn't handle it well and thank goodness thank goodness we went in and got help and we had a mentor couple step in um, dr. Gary Oliver and his wife Carrie um, stepped in and really ministered to us, and, and they noticed that we weren't doing well.
1: Yeah, it was a hard first couple of years for us. We were, I was at Denver Seminary, so I was halfway through when we got married. So here we're at the seminary campus, and we were fighting a lot. Mm-hmm. And, but we just didn't think anybody knew, and, and I was so embarrassed because we should know this, that we weren't telling anybody, and as Aaron said, some good friends of ours stepped in. I'll never forget, though, the day that... Uh, The wife so Carrie Oliver called over to our house looking for Aaron so the little apartment looking for Aaron and so she called and said she goes hey Greg she goes is you know is Aaron around and I go no she's gone and so she went oh Greg she goes I am so sorry I've been so worried that this was going to (laughs) happen I remember thinking wait what like she's gone to the store what (laughs) <laughs> what are you talking about, and there was this kind of this awkward pause, and she said, uh, "Well, um all right, so honestly, Gary and I have been noticing that you guys aren't doing real well. How about you come over tonight and l- let 's just talk and, and be real and that really for us was the f- the first time that that we were able to be honest just about the challenges that we were going through i mean we had we had had premarital you know counseling, I think our premarital counseling consisted of a probably the cup, the, uh, the prepare, rich. the little yeah. assessment. We actually found that right before moving out to Colorado Springs.
2: Yeah, and we, we laughed so hard because I can remember when we got our report back right before we got married and we were like, oh, this is the funniest thing. It says we're gonna deal with conflict. Huh. So we, we found that about seven years ago and we were like, this thing was spot on yeah. with the challenges we were gonna have. Yeah,
1: Could've listened to that a little closer. Mm-hmm could have gotten some help, but luckily, again, we did. We got into good counseling Mm -hmm. and and things began to change for us. And so what we'd love to do is just walk you through some of the things that that we have found that makes a real difference when we work with couples. And so Erin and I, in kind of a, a broad sense, believe that two things. If couples know how to manage conflict, so if they know how to deal with their issues well and they know how to proactively invest in their relationship so if they're able to do those two things kinda of walk through conflict in a way that's productive and you know invest build into their relationship that those are in a very very broad sense and so we have Aaron and I developed uh, it took us about a year to comb the research because we looked at all the healthy marriage research out there you know what were the common behaviors what were the common traits that the research was finding creates a strong marriage. And so as we looked at all these things and just would write down and record, well, you know, they mentioned communication, they mentioned conflict, they met, you know, mentioned commitments, you know, good spiritual relationship, whatever those things are. What what we found is that there seemed to be right about 12. So if we are doing these 12 things, then those are the kinds of behaviors that we need to have a, a strong marriage. So we we've taken those 12 things, it's it's in a book back there called the crazy little thing called marriage, but then we developed an assessment. And so it's a it's a free online assessment, an assessment and by now it's been out what maybe a year and a half.
2: It's about been about a year and a half and we're almost at the 500,000 mark. 500,000 people have taken this assessment. So it's a great resource because it's free of cost. And each spouse goes on and takes it individually, and then they get a report back, and then they can compare reports as far as the three strengths in their relationship and the three growth areas in their relationship. And consistently, um, the top five relationship challenges that have come back are listed right here. Sex was number one. This Con- is all
1: surprising. I know that you yeah. never would have guessed. Conflict what
2: these are. is number two, which is not surprising at all. Um, communication because of course if you're not communicating you're having conflict shared responsibility and time together and in that order is kind of what we have seen consistently as far as the five most common um, growth areas based on this assessment
1: yeah so we're gonna we're gonna hit on two those communication and time together it just kind of give you an idea of when when we're working with couples how we're trying to really help them in those two areas in particular we do an entire what six-hour conference on conflict. We have a book called Fight Your Way to a Better Marriage. So we, we didn't feel we could get into that enough. But again, if you have questions around that and, and something that we can answer, we'd love to do that. So we're going to talk about something that, that we call close pursuit. And so we love from First Corinthians 13, 7. So love never gives up. What does that really mean? Well, one of our of course, favorite verses, the very first verse on marriage in the Bible, that a man shall leave his father and mother, right, and shall, shall cleave to his wife and the two shall become one. So we've taught on this, right, we've referenced this many times, something that we really understand. But what's been so unique is that just even in our own marriage, God has really been working around a certain element of this. And it's the word cleave. So a lot of great words in there, but we want to focus in on the word cleave because when we think about cleave this idea of cleaving right we're not talking about the meat cleaver right we're not talking about taking a spouse's arm off although that almost happened early in our marriage but anyway so we're not talking about that but usually when we think of this word usually the the first thing that comes to mind the
2: first thing that comes to my mind or maybe your mind when you hear that word is something that is uniting or bonding so cleaving in essence is bringing two things Together, kind of like super glue, you know, that there's no separation, that it's bonded together. But you actually found that's the Greek version, you found a different version that has a different meaning.
1: Yeah, just studying not too long ago, came across the Hebrew meaning of that word and was kind of surprised. I, I didn't remember seeing it like this. Maybe I had before, but it really struck me. Because again, probably like you, when I think of cleave, I think of what Aaron said, the bonding, like what, what God is. Join together, let no man separate. But what's really interesting, the the Hebrew word means close pursuit. It's something that we all probably did, right, early on in our relationship. Like I remember the moment, literally the moment that that I started a very close pursuit of Aaron. And it's actually also one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. So why don't you tell them uh, what, what, what you did to me? in the beginning
2: yes (laughs) we were actually sophomores at grand canyon university in phoenix arizona back when it was a little tiny school and i had transferred in as a sophomore and i had seen this guy around and hadn't met him but found myself sitting in the back of a very early like a 7 a.m old testament theology class so bright and early back of the class seen this guy around but there he was right in front of me and his head was down and he was sound asleep. I know you like to say you were praying, but I didn't buy it because his head was down sound asleep, but not only was his head down sleeping, he was drooling sleeping. It's my
1: prayer language, so we're all different that way. uh.
2: So there was this this punch of a bunch of drool forming, like a pool of drool forming on the desk. So I thought I would help you out and be kind, be a kind neighbor. And so I reached forward and I, I shook him, I grabbed him, I shook him and woke him up.
1: Yeah, so notice she used the word help. Did you hear her say that? Okay, she was-
2: Being kind to my neighbor, loving yeah, my neighbor. that's right.
1: As yourself? Yes. Not really, but <laughs> yeah, so I didn't know her. So she never had met her, total stranger. I was sound asleep. The next thing I know, this girl behind me grabs my arm, shakes me awake. So of course I pop awake, look at her, kind of wipe the drool off. And I'm just staring at her like, what? So she leans forward and whispers, she goes, I went, what? She goes, quick, you've got to stand up. I went, what? She goes, the professor, he just called on you. <laughs> and I went, are you serious? She goes, yeah. I said, to do what? She goes, he just called on you to pray.
2: <laughs> and,
1: and why would a stranger make this up, right? It's impossible. So being formerly a very trusting person, um, I stood up from the back of this class and I started to pray out loud. So, imagine you're taking notes, and, and all of a sudden someone starts to pray out loud. And this was a Baptist school, so we weren't used to this sort of enthusiasm, you know, in our in our prayer life. And so, so I'm so. As you've prayed out loud before, have you ever gotten that sense, like you can feel it, that people are looking at you? Like they're certainly not praying with you. They're looking at you, staring at you. Yeah, like there's a disturbance in the force, you know, in memory of uh, May the 4th, Star Wars Day, right? May the 4th be with you. All right. So I felt it. I could sense something at me. So I look, and sure enough, people are laughing. They're pointing. I don't know what's so funny. I finish praying. I sit down. Now the whole class is laughing at me. My best friends are on the ground, kind of pounding the floor. They're laughing so hard. I'm looking at her, and she looks embarrassed. I don't know what happened until the professor goes, uh, Greg, um, thanks for your enthusiasm. He said a wonderful prayer, but maybe next time you could let me finish lecturing before you close the class in prayer. Is that the meanest thing you've ever heard? (laughs) All the time, yes, yeah. His friends put me up to it, so
2: you can't completely put the blame on me. Mm -hmm. I just remember just the new girl innocently sitting there. That's right.
1: (laughs) Uh huh. But I just remember looking at her, just thinking, "Wow, the fact that she could be that cruel to another human being" uh, so impressed me (laughs) that I remember thinking, "Now that's a girl I'm going to marry someday." (laughs) (laughs) Thus began my. Close pursuit of my wife to win her and I think that took what, maybe four years.
2: Yeah. Four years later we began to date and then we're engaged and married. Yeah. Who knew?
1: Who knew? But I think for a lot of couples that, that we'll work with, mm-hmm. what often is true is that they do have this season of close pursuit, trying to win. And I think especially for guys trying to win the heart of the girl and once she had that ring on her finger And it was like, all right, I won. Now we moved on to life and got busy working and doing ministry. And we started having children. And we just got super, super busy. And we see that. As we talk to couples, you know, one of the biggest things that we hear from one another is that they feel like roommates. Do you hear that ever? It's like we're married roommates. I love her. I'm committed to her. But, man, we're just living sort of separate lives and just busy. And they've stopped pursuing one another. And I think for me, looking at this verse, it felt like it was it was to be applied as we got married, right? Leave and cleave. But really there's even in our own marriage, there's been a renewed sense of, yeah, how how do I closely pursue her? God does that to us. That's what I want to do. What does that really look like? And so that's one of the things that we really try to help couples kind of re-engage that idea of, of close pursuit. So we're just gonna walk through, I think there's three ways when we're working with couples we're teaching them on really how to cultivate this idea of close pursuit.
2: And as Greg uh, just said a minute ago that God does pursue us that he, he does. He continues to pursue us. He pursued us before we were saved, and he continues to pursue us on a daily basis and moment-to-moment basis. Think about he left 99 sheep and went and looked for the one. And I love in Psalm 23, 6, it says, your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. And it's just such a, a, a good thought that he continues to seek after us. He's never going to leave us nor forsake us. He loves us with an everlasting love. That's how I want to show up in my marriage. I want to continue to pursue. It's these little things that we used to do prior to marriage or early in marriage that often, as we get busy and add kids and careers and moves and on and on, that we stop pursuing each other. And I want to take my lead straight from Scripture.
1: So three ways to do this. The first one is this idea of value. I won't pursue something that, that I don't value. And bless you. And in life, as we get busy, as the pressures mount, as maybe the hurt, the frustrations mount, I mean, it's really easy to lose sight of how valuable Aaron is. Again, it's either I just get doing other stuff or there's ways in which we're in a hard season and I may just have lost sight of her value just based on just my own frustration and and hurt and, and pain in the relationship. In Ephesians 5, 29, great verse, it says, No one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. Again, that, that idea of, of cherish means that, that when I see her, that I recognize her value. Because again, if, I, if, I, if it's not there, as the verse says, what, I've, what I treasure, there will my heart be also. So if I don't, if I don't see her value then, then I'll, I'll miss it and then and probably I'm not then investing. Saw so an interesting analogy of this. Uh, the Washington Post one time paid a guy to stand in a subway terminal, I think in, in one of the D.C. subway terminals, and, and play the violin just to see what would happen. Would people ignore this beautiful music? And so they did this. Here's a kind of grainy picture. So watch this. I'll play it out for about 20 seconds. What I want you to notice though is what are the people doing as they're hearing this, this beautiful music? So just notice the people walking by. What do they do? Do they, do they listen? Are they mesmerized? Are they busy? Do they walk by? Notice this. <laughs> did it yeah would you notice what the people do as they walked by yeah seemed to avoid him like the plague yeah yeah they kind of ignored him just swept by with their wherever they were going their busyness did it look like anybody even stopped to listen what's unique about this guy is it's his name is yeah did you see yeah maybe yeah yeah there's a guy named Joshua Bell so you may not be familiar at all with that name, but in our day and age, Joshua Bell is the greatest, considered the greatest violinist on the planet. So he's someone who plays to sold out stadiums. Can you imagine sitting at the top of a stadium just watching some guy do the violin? Like, is he there? Is he moving? What's happened? plays to sell out stadiums around the world. He's made tens of millions of dollars as a, as a violinist. So the Washington Post thought, it would be kind of interesting. What if we stuck the world's greatest violinist in a subway terminal? What would people do? Would they walk by? Would they stop? So they had him play for about an hour, some of the most beautiful music ever written, using, by the way, his $3.5 million Stradivarius violin, so, which is scary enough. I'm sure they had snipers <laughs> positioned in different places. What would happen? So within an hour's time, about 1,000 people walked by. If you were just guessing, how many do you would, how many stop to listen to him play? Would you guess? Yeah, six or seven. A few, two actually stopped. One was a woman who had just paid about six hundred dollars a ticket to hear him play the night before. As she walks by, if we played this a little bit longer, you'd see her. She kind of walks by and goes and just, she's freaking out. She can't figure out why he's here, and why did I just drop $600 when I could have heard the whole thing here, and so she's freaking out, but then the other person was a little boy. He's got his mom's hand. She's on her cell phone, and as they walk by, she's talking. He keeps breaking free to listen to this music. He's just mesmerized by it. I think he made about $32, you know, as people chunked some coins in his his little case, so I don't know if there's some big moral, but I think for me at least, the moral is that it's easy to miss the value right in front of us. It's easy just to, to be walking by the world's greatest violinist and not even pay attention just because of life and its busyness. And there's plenty of times that I miss Aaron's value, which is unfortunate because. When I miss that value, there's a way in which that, that makes me sort of unsafe. Because if I don't value something or if I'm really not aware of her value, then, then I, may, I might mishandle her. I might mistreat her. It's easier to do that. But I think about the ways in which the truth about her that God has laid out. I love these verses. Listen to some of these. Here's what's true about Aaron. Here's what's true about you. Here's what's true about the couples that you work with. For you were made in my image to me that alone makes aaron so very valuable you were fearfully and wonderfully made for you are my treasured possession that's one of my very favorite verses where god is saying that 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 aaron god of this universe considers her one of his treasured possessions jesus said in ephesians that she's his glorious inheritance since you are precious and honored in my sight anyone who harms you harms my most precious possession, for we are god 's masterpiece that 's what 's true about her, and I want to keep that in mind as I interact. I want to see her in that valuable way it 's sort of like when our middle daughter, who now just just finished college up today, or at least her sophomore year right when she was how old were she?
2: Maybe she three, was she? She was, yeah, about three years old, and she had this little stuffed animal. Um, this is Gracie. It's a praying bunny. I didn't know bunnies prayed. Gracie's very dirty, um, but Murphy, when she was three, carried this thing around everywhere she went. Everywhere she went, she had Gracie. Um, she tried to bathe with Gracie, eat with Gracie, and of course, it was a complete utter disaster when she lost Gracie. And so Greg, and I emphasize Greg, went out and bought several Gracie's. And he had a special drawer in our master bedroom that he would put them in. And if she lost one, he would run in and grab a new one and come out and go, no, Murph, here she is. Right there, there's Gracie. And I remember telling this story um, at one point years ago. And this woman in the very back stood up, and she was waving her hands. And I said, yes. And she said, now you understand you were lying to your child. And I was like, it wasn't me. It was him. pray for Greg (laughs) absolutely so Gracie went everywhere with us and this one particular time we were getting ready to go to Disney World and we were so excited because everybody was going and we were late for our flight and so we got out to the car everybody was there but there was no Murphy and so you started honking the horn and you know like come on Murphy let's go
1: you just love it remember sometimes she would you know I had so many of these in the drawer so every once in a while she'd find two of them, and just sit there and hold them, looking at them, like, uh, I would just say, honey, that's what bunnies do. So that's, (laughs) anyway, you'll explain more as you get older. So we're, we're, we're late for the airports. We're honking the horn. Where's Murphy? Murphy comes running out, holding up little Gracie, going, Daddy, don't worry, I found her. Well, this actually was the last one, so I had no more. And so I'm thinking instantly, ah, She's going to lose her, leave her on the airplane. Something will go wrong. And I'll end up spending all my time trying to find another one of these. Because there's always such chaos when she lost Gracie. And so I'm trying to, she's running up to me. In my mind, I'm trying to think, i got to get her to leave Gracie home. What should I say to her? So I I just, I couldn't think of anything. She got right up to me. I said, oh, why? I said, hey, Murph, hold up a second. I said, hey, I see you got Gracie. Yes. I said, well, honey, I hate to tell you this, but you're going to have to leave Gracie home. She goes, well, why? And I hadn't still thought of a good reason. So I said, well, um, well, I said, Murphy, the airline, the airline only allows us so much luggage and weight and sweetie, unfortunately, Gracie's gonna put us over the limit. <laughs> so I'm looking at her. <laughs> I'm
2: like you just finished your doctorate in psychology and that's what you came up with. <laughs> yes,
1: that was, that was about it. So I had to go with it. And so she's like, What? And I go, I know. I said, It frustrates me too. So she's arguing with me, and I'm going, Murphy, I get it. I, well, when we get home, we'll write a strongly worded letter to the airline complaining. But, honey, for right now, you got to leave her. So you need to go put her back in your bedroom. So we're now in this power struggle. Oh, she starts crying, big tears. And, honey, seriously, we're late. She goes, Well, Daddy, can not ask you one question? What? Hurry. What is it? She goes, Well, are we going to have fun at Disney World? And I said, well, yeah, right there in the brochure. It says it's the happiest place on earth, right? So I tell her about all things we're going to do and get her excited again. So I said, well, go put Gracie back so we can get going. So she's looking at Gracie, looking at me, big tears. She goes, well, Daddy, she goes, I love Gracie so much that if that's how much fun we're going to have at Disney World, I want you to take her and I'll stay home. Yes. What do you say to that? <laughs> of course, I looked to her, you know, as my helpmate, like, okay, jump in now. Yeah. <laughs> and she just stood there smiling. Well, I wanna,
2: no, I was having a good time watching. <laughs> I wanted to see how this played oh,
1: out. man. What do you
2: say to that? She was
1: dead serious. She was going to stay home so we could take little Gracie. So uh, I just, I had no idea what to say. So I just picked them both up and said, honey, what was I thinking? It wouldn't be the same vacation without you and Gracie, so buckled them in and off we went. Don't pay attention to how I parent, okay? That's that'll mess you up. This isn't a parenting thing, right? Focus didn't hire me to run parenting, just marriage, and that's why, correct? But I love though that that's that's what what little Murphy did. That that's what we're talking about. That's that's recognizing someone's value. We didn't get it. I mean, to us, this this piece of junk, basically. But to Murphy, little Gracie was the most valuable thing. And when we value something, then we are we treat that thing very differently. And that's the point. If I'm gonna pursue her, it's gonna start because I really see that that value and that can make right such a, a big difference within the relationship. Again, love that verse. Where your heart where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. When I value Erin, it, it, it actually helps her to open to me. When she knows that I get her value, when I see it, I'm aware of it, then she typically opens to me. But that also has a huge impact on me. Because again, what, what I value, that's what I'm going to open to. That's what I'm going to pursue. We saw this, right, with my parents one time. It's quite funny. My dad made his living off of telling stories about me. Everywhere I'd go, people would say, hey, are you the one that, you know, pooped in your pants? You know, yeah. he told that story or whatever. So, yeah, so I always try to get him back a little bit. Yeah. So we saw actually the impact of this verse in Luke played out in this really awkward way, right? Yeah, it
2: was super awkward. It was Thanksgiving and it was years ago. And we all, Greg and I and the kids drove to Branson, Missouri to have Thanksgiving with your parents, with Greg's parents. We were super excited, but apparently they woke up Thanksgiving morning, super annoyed with each other, just irritated and we could feel it, we could sense it. And we were just kind of like trying to just, you know how you try to just disappear, but you're there. And they kept bickering and you and your dad and Garrison got into watching football. So you're sitting there watching- That's what
1: Thanksgiving's about, right?
2: Well, you guys thought so, your mom apparently did not because she was, you could just feel the tension building. And I think really what she wanted was your dad to come and help her prepare the meal. Because you know, when you're the one preparing the meal, it's stressful, right? Because you have to have everything timed perfectly and coming out of the oven at certain times so you can fit everything in the oven and on and on. Well, the tension just kept building. And on the commercial breaks, I could see her hope arise that he was gonna come over and help and, that didn't happen. Your dad would go outside with you and Gerson and play with the Nerf football and recreate all the plays you just saw. So finally, it was it was you were sitting there happily watching football. Your dad went into the kitchen and something happened—a little interaction—and it and exploded. And his mom took off one way, his dad took off the other, and we just stood there with you know by ourselves on Thanksgiving Day, and we didn't quite know what to do, right? <laughs> no. So the girls and I we went and. You know chased after his mom and comforted her like you know as women we do and validated yes That was awful. We saw and we were giving his dad dirty looks on the other side of the room. It's okay You're gonna be okay, and you went after your dad
1: Yeah, he actually went into his office And so I, I knocked on his door and, and he goes who is it so I said hey, it's Greg and so I just hear this oh. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I love you, too father uh, so he said, Come in. So I, I, I came in. and Well, I found him. He's, he's at his desk looking at his computer. So I'm assuming, right, he's online. He's looking at something online, whatever he's doing. But you can tell he's just, he's, he's pretty frustrated. So I was just going to come around and, and just, you know, put my hand on his shoulder and say, You know, hey, anything I can do? Can I, do you want to talk about it? Can I pray with you? Just, can I help in any way? Because I was like, That's pretty brutal out there, Dad, watching you interact with mom. But anyway, so I was just going to whatever kind of help. And so as I as I came around, I could see on his computer that he's not online. He's pulled up a Word document. So he's reading some document. And as I get close to him, I can see that the document said, my mom's name is Norma. It said, why Norma is so valuable. I just remember thinking, well, that's odd thing to be looking at when you're mad at your wife. I said, Dad, what, what is this? He goes, ah, don't worry about it. And I said, no, this is, this is, I'm curious. What 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 do you got here? He goes, I don't know, a number of years ago, I was thinking about your mom one time, thinking about some of my favorite things about her, things that I love about her. I just wrote a few down, put them on the computer. And he goes, over the years, I've just added to the list. Well, I'm telling you, there were hundreds and hundreds of little words and phrases about my mom. And I said, dad, that's really cool. I, but I said, Why are you looking at this right now? I said, Aren't you mad at mom? He goes, Oh, I can't stand her. (laughs) I said, Well, that's what I thought. So, what what is this? I'll never forget his response. He said, Well, he goes, son, I've learned when I'm mad at your mom and we're in conflict that I have some choices. For many years I just would come, I just withdraw, get away from her, I'd come into my office or something and just sit there and stew. About how terrible she was and what she did that offended me and how i was wronged and he said it would just keep me so upset with her he goes but honestly over the years i've learned that when i'm mad at your mom i come in here and make myself open this document up i say you're lying i've never seen this he goes no i'm telling you the truth he goes i'll just start reading through the list he goes you know i'm mad at her so i get to the first couple and i'm thinking you know that's not true and why did i write that and i'm erasing that one for sure now but he said, after I, I get through enough, he goes, I remember that you have an amazing mom. I thought, man, that is, that is Luke lived out. What we treasure, that list of his, that cherished list of his really helps him to, to reconnect with, with my mom, at least gets his heart back open. That's how powerful this can be. So if I'm going to pursue her, the first thing that I want to do is, is really keep closely connected to what is it that that I value about her. And remember, we even, remember when, I don't you may know this, you may not, but my father passed away about two years ago. And so in, in preparation for this, for his memorial service, service, yeah, we found this.
2: <coughs> yeah, for his dad's memorial service, each, there's three kids, so each of us were assigned a different part um, of his life, of his dad's life, and Greg and I were assigned his marriage and so we you were looking on his computer and came across that list and so we thought you know wouldn't it be great to share that at the memorial service you know and and really speak those words over his mom and so we actually did that and it was the most precious precious thing because his mom had never seen the list and so we encourage couples when you make this list share something you know each day or once a week off of that list but we were able to Read his words that he wrote about her, over her, as she was saying goodbye for now to him. It was yeah. precious.
1: It was powerful, and so we we do this with couples.
2: Mm-hmm. This
1: can be a great exercise, especially when they're they're frustrated with one another, or maybe they're just in a feeling like roommates. You know. it's a,
2: yeah, it's a great tool to use to reconnect. Either to use for yourself in your own marriage, or with couples you're working with. Um, it's just a, an opportunity to make a list of things that you really love, cherish, value about your spouse. Because again, you're not going to pursue something that you don't value or cherish. So maybe it's personality traits, um, behaviors, accomplishments, a physical characteristic, a special memory. I know for for me, I love your sense of humor. And that's something that drew me to you. But then also over the years has been so valuable um, in our family.
1: Love that. And Aaron, she she's a extrovert i'm an introvert who are the extroverts in the room let's see your hands all right yeah yeah they're usually up close and ready to party and have fun well let me see the introverts yeah we're always like "Mm," you know don't look at me yeah well so i mean i don't get energy from from people love people sort of but i don't get a lot of energy but but it's just I, i i so admire that in aaron just the way that she connects and relates and and I, I would probably have no friends if it wasn't for Erin setting me up occasionally on a play date. She does that still. <laughs> like She'll say, hey, I met this great lady, and her husband's really cool, so you got, you're going to have lunch with him on Wednesday. I'm like, I'm, what? I'm not doing that. You're not the boss of me. But I go, and I usually have a good time. But anyway, I love that <laughs> about her. So to get, we'll give you 10 seconds, okay? just Just think about... Your own life. So maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a child, someone who's significant, maybe a significant other, whoever. Just think about that person 10 seconds. Think about one of your most favorite things. So do you, 10 seconds. See if you can come up with one. Yeah, we do this with young couples, and man, they're writing like, yeah. you know, the fire coming <laughs> off their pens. And then. <laughs> It seems like the older we get as couples, it's going to be like, well, I don't know, I like you a lot, but what? I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> and so shout some of these out. What, what, you, the, whoever you were thinking about, what What are some of your favorite things? I always love to hear these. All right, sense of humor. Okay. Sense of humor is a good laughing. thing. Nice. Can we get you to come up and tell us a joke or something
2: later? <laughs> Oh, Oh, he would love to. Well, that's awkward. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We're just joking. I
1: love it. That's true. I forget we're not at a marriage seminar. So, yeah, that I should probably yes. I I will watch how I say that. So that is. Man, I'm going to tell this story, Uh you know, for the next several years. Well, this one time. (laughs) yeah I know if I had good eyes I could have probably seen that they were (laughs) written differently
2: oh Oh, application right there
1: nice nice well well done cool all right what what are some other ones and I I won't even pick on you this time say it again okay good encourager okay Okay. Thoughtful. Okay. Okay. Great. with your kids. Good. Good dad. Cool. Nice. I know. I did meet you guys before. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, but we now I don't even married. care if we did talk about this. <laughs> I ain't saying a word. So yeah, I love these sporty.
2: Nice. Oh, cool. Is yeah. is this your husband? Okay. He has his, <laughs> Stop. he has his arm around <laughs> yeah. you. So I'm assuming that
0: <laughs> he, he's, he's my pastor. Years. So, yeah. Wow.
1: <laughs> that's great congratulations that's cool and again we love this as as an idea so just being being aware of that Mm -hmm. so again unlike my dad who did a great job of recognizing what he loved about my mom and did a wonderful job of putting that to paper Mm -hmm. the fact that he really never shared that with her. i'm sure he did and cards and things like that but uh,
2: he never told her he had a list yeah
1: that's right yeah
2: Well I you, don't think
1: anybody's ever asked that you before. You got what? your dad laughing.
2: Yeah. Because you did you say that that you took a book off the shelf? I did. Yeah, see. He took a he as he stood in his dad's office, he goes, Here Dad, I'm gonna get one of your books off the shelf and I'm gonna read to you what you should be doing for mom. <laughs> so somehow I think humor always lightened Yeah. See, that's the value of it. There you go. Lightened it up. That's well, my we actually worst. did have a meal together. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, we Nothing somehow burned worked either. it out, yeah. That was weird though. Weird beginning. So again, if, if I'm closely pursuing her, it's going to start because, right, that I'm valuing her. So the more we can help people really connect mm-hmm. to what is it that, that you value is huge. So number two. You no, you can go ahead.
2: Number two is that you're following them. We love Proverbs 519. Learn her ways always and think on her love. So follow is actually an action word. So it's a verb. And really if you're valuing something, then you're watching it. You're you're studying it and so you're following it.
1: Yeah. You think of like a, a, a hunter. You know, if, if, if I'm whatever I'm pursuing, I'm tracking, I'm noticing the subtle footprints, I'm noticing the trail, what's been brought whatever I'm going off, I'm studying, really becoming an expert in that thing, and that's exactly what I want to do. I wanna really learn how to how to track her, to study, to follow, to, to notice. And we were reminded of the power of doing this maybe, well, it's probably yes. what, about a year and a half ago? Yeah, it was a year, year and ago? a
2: half ago because it was right before our daughter's wedding. Um, the whole family was home and so we decided let's do one more thing, just us, before Taylor gets married. So we decided, you know, we live in Colorado, so we were gonna go and do a hike. And it was January and just do one more hike together just with the six of us and yeah, it was, it was going to be a really sweet time, and so we were hungry, so Greg dropped us off at Chick-fil-A, and Greg went and got gas and filled the the car up. Well, we got food, and we were waiting for him to come back, and he pulls up, and he goes, hey, I, I forgot I want grilled nuggets, so he was going to run back in and get grilled nuggets, and he came running back out, and he goes, I can't find my phone. And the unfortunate thing for Greg, if he can't find his phone, he has one of these look books or whatever they're called and so it has is it called a look book 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 (laughs) something Um, and it has his credit cards and driver's license and everything attached to it so he couldn't find the phone therefore he didn't have a way to pay for his grilled nuggets and he was kind of in a panic because here we were right on the verge of this wedding and you kind of needed your information yeah
1: so I just figured maybe it dropped out when I was getting gas so so loaded the family up, and so Garrison and I are looking for it. So we went right back to the pump, no wallet. Uh. Yeah. So I walk in and hey, has anybody turned in wallet phone combination? And Whatever
2: it's the, called.
1: Yeah, the other person's like, no, sorry. So I'm like, I'm like, what on earth? Where is it? So as I get back to the car, Garrison goes, well, Dad, I've got you know find my iPhone, you know the app, and I always it's not. I forget most of the time about the technology. And so I go, oh, yeah. So he goes, so I got good news and bad news. I went, son, I'm really not in the mood. Just tell me. He goes, well, the good news is that I can see your phone. The bad news is that it's moving, and it's about a mile away from here in a neighborhood. I went, wait, what? He goes, Dad, someone stole your phone. (gasps) No, they did and He goes, oh, they did too. And so he could show me, and sure enough, you know, there's, there's just this little dot. And so you can, you, we're tracking it. You can see it moving. And it goes into this neighborhood and stops at this house. And so I go, let's go get it. So, cause Garrison's strong, you know, he's tough. And so I said, so y- you go up to the door and I'll be right behind you. <laughs> and, and you just tell him that the police are on the way, just give us the phone back and we'll be gone. And you didn't like that I idea. didn't like that
2: idea, of course, my baby boy going to the front door with, you know. So I called the police. I called 911 or actually that non-emergency line and just say, you know, phone's been stolen. We can see it here on this, you know, find your iPhone device and on and on. And they said, don't leave the parking lot. So I am a rule follower. And so we did not leave that parking lot, wait for the police officer to come. So he came and he actually ended up, he said, you know what? We're like, see, you can see it right there. And by this time it's moving again. And it was—it actually stopped at the, It went through another neighborhood and then stopped at the hospital. And we're like, what, what are they doing? Are they, They're paying off like their procedure, <laughs> their outpatient procedure they just had or whatever. Who knew what we were paying for? And so the police officer said, hey, give me one of your other phones and I'll go and I'll follow Greg's phone. And so he had a phone, he took my phone, we had a phone and Garrison's iPad, and then we were all following Greg's phone wherever it was going.
1: Yeah, well it, it left the hospital. Thank you. went goodness. to like a fast food restaurant. <laughs> I mean, I'm going, what on earth? <laughs> well, it's heading north. We live north. And then I remembered, that's right, my license is right there. They're going, they're gonna rob us. I'm like what a war that's days getting worse. And so we called our neighbor chuck because he has guns <laughs> so we said now chuck don't shoot anybody but just just pay attention just notice you no know,
2: i'm telling him don't go don't even go outside you know and if you see if you look out the window and it looks dangerous don't don't go outside yeah chuck was already outside waiting setting up his <laughs> his yeah
1: so sure enough we could was we were following that little dot it went all the way to our house so as we you know pulled the police officers there. There's all this commotion, ruckus. We pull up, not sure what we were gonna find. And then we quickly realized that it really wasn't that big of a deal. It was a sweet elderly couple <laughs> who had found my phone on the ground of the gas station. His, they, he went home, told his wife, she's like, well, before he has to cancel his credit cards, why don't we go take it back to his house since you see his license right there. So the sweet couple brings the phone back and i'm trying to shoot chuck get out of the shrubs and get back into the house and don't shoot anybody now but i tell you the funniest part of the whole thing so as we we're visiting first of all when the police officer came we we talked about that we worked at focus on the fame i don't know how it came up but we were talking about that and he's like yeah i know focus so as the police officers coming up to return aaron's phone he goes uh now don't don't you guys work and focus on the family? We're like, "Yeah." He goes, "Man, you've been getting some really weird funky texts." And we're like, "What?" <laughs>
2: <laughs> and it was my phone. I was like, "Awesome." So I look, well, his sister, who's just a nut, was out shopping for our daughter's bachelorette party. So she thought it would be funny to be taking some pictures of, of optional <laughs> gift items for the bachelorette party and send them to, send. she was laughing out of control, sending these pictures to me, not knowing that a police officer had my phone. <laughs> so I called her, I go, way to go. <laughs> I
1: love it, yes. Yeah. So, I don't know <laughs> what aaron has got going on, but uh, that's not me, so uh, don't, don't write both of us off at the same time. You know, I love this idea of, of following some someone just like what we were doing. Okay, It starts with value, right? I only followed this thing because why? Because I valued it. It had a lot of things attached to it, my credit cards, certain photo. I mean, all the things that, that matter to me. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, because she matters to me, that I want to do the same thing that we did with this phone. We were carefully studying everywhere it was going in the same way that I want to I wanna study Erin, I wanna be an expert in her. We always say that one lifetime isn't long enough, right? To get to know someone because she's always changing, which is beautiful. I mean, that's the beauty of marriage. And I wanna stay updated.
2: Mm -hmm. And stay current and know their inner life. And we recently, I heard um, some research that this researcher did. It was kind of a groundbreaking study. She studied 300 couples for like 20 plus years and you know some some of them had divorced and some of them were moderately happy and some of them were considered very happy and very satisfied in their marriage and so she actually studied the very satisfied couples to see what are they doing that the couples who divorced and aren't happy you know what are they doing that these couples aren't and it was interesting because she came up with one thing that was different than the others and that was that they were spending time in matter of fact, it was ten minutes a day talking and connecting at a deep heart level. So they were studying yeah. non-argumentative. Right. They, right. They, yeah. They were, yeah. It
1: wasn't ten minutes talking through their arguments. No. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Ten <laughs> minutes, yeah.
2: Not <laughs> arguing. They were if they we were, could
1: keep those to ten minutes, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, but wouldn't uh, be usually great. that's a little bit longer.
2: Yeah. So ten minutes a day of really having deep heart conversation. And I was like, that was it? Wow, because the research shows that the average couple in the US spends four minutes a day talking at a deep heart level. So I was like, six minutes, we can do that. We can do 10 minutes a day. And I know you were trying, you were gonna do your first wedding, it was years back. He was gonna do his first wedding. And this idea of 10 minutes a day has kind of been around for a while. And so you wanted to make that point um, while you performed your first wedding with this sweet little couple that we had met with for several months prior to their marriage. And um, so you wanted to make this point, but he wanted to take her bouquet. So her bouquet of flowers, this beautiful bouquet, and use the analogy of seed packets for each flower, basically to show that if you do this, that it'll grow, you know, these be- this marriage will grow into this beautiful entity and on and on. But you really don't know a lot about gardening Uh -uh. and so he asked me to buy the seed packets and to find out what her flowers were but he didn't ask for any advice on like gardening procedures or helpful things and you probably should have asked for more
1: practiced
2: maybe practiced or asked for more more advice yeah
1: huge wedding like 500 people there I mean, it was gigantic and so i get to this part and so i asked for her bouquet and i held that up and I said, look how beautiful this. And everybody's kind of, ooh, and ah. And I said, this is the marriage that they're dreaming about. This is what they want, this beautiful, mature marriage. And then I grabbed the seed packets and said, but they're starting off here. So how do they get from these seeds into this beautiful marriage? So I started to unpack that, you know, talking about their relationship with God being like sunlight and something else was like water. And I just started to hit on some of these Important things I want to talk about relating to some aspect of growing flowers. Well, my last point was going to be this, this 10-minute of of inner life conversation. Well, I get to that point, I I can't remember what I was going to compare it to, which part of gardening I was going to use. I just forgot. And so I'm standing up there very awkwardly going, you know, they need to spend 10 minutes a day, and that's like, uh, I couldn't think of anything. So, I mean, it's awkward, like, you know, I'm just standing there. So finally something pops into my head, I just went with it. I didn't overthink it, I just went with it. So I said, they need to spend, you know, this 10 minutes in communication, and that's like fertilizing one another. <laughs> now, I didn't, I, didn't ca- like it didn't, I didn't catch what it might also mean. And so I start to go on and on, because people are laughing, and I don't know why they're laughing, but I like laughter. And so I was apparently said something funny. So I'm going to milk it. So I'm going on and on about fertilizing and I'm saying to her, you as the bride, at least 10 minutes. I mean, probably like 20 minutes early to fertilize him. I mean, it was weird. Like I'm looking at her. Yeah. I'm
2: going, please stop. Please stop. <laughs> and honestly,
1: just I didn't yeah. catch it. Until the groom could see that I was not going to stop. And everybody was really feeling uncomfortable now. And so he leans forward and he goes, Hey, he goes, Would you hurry it up? I'd like to start fertilizing her. And I went, Oh. <laughs> yeah. So was never really asked to perform a wedding ever again, but uh, no surprise. I do have one coming up, though. I have a chance to redeem myself. You do. Beyond Taylor. So, yeah. yes. So although the, 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 the principle is right, how I applied it maybe wasn't exactly right. But this, this thing, this idea, though, about 10 minutes, it, it really can make a huge difference. And so to kind of your point, it's not 10 minutes a day talking about whatever. Because most of the time, couples get stuck. Usually they're stuck in a nasty routine that they're not even aware is going on around their communication. When we do marriage events, we talk about communication. We ask them to give us a percent of how much of your conversation would you say is small talk? How much of it is what we call administrating your marriage? So that's when you talk about logistics and schedules and to-do lists and who's picking up who. And then how much of your time is, is talking through maybe an issue, so conflict. So those three, how much of your marriage is consist of talking about those things. What percent? What would you guess? What do you think that there's, we've done this enough to where we see now there's sort of an an average percent of their time when they talk is devoted to one of those first three things. Would you guess if you're just picking? Yeah, yeah, most of it is around administrating, taking care of the logistics. So those three represent about 80% of their communication. The problem is, I mean, it's great. We do need to administrate, right? I mean, we, we, we have a busy life, four kids, all of that. But the problem is what we're finding is that if that's all we're doing is talking logistics with whatever little time we have, the marriage gets pretty boring. And people stop really wanting to talk. Or they just, they will get into that type of communication just naturally. Because those three things, small talk, administrating your marriage, talking through conflicts, those things will happen, right? You don't have to, we don't have to work at those.
2: No, those happen spontaneously. They just happen, you know, because we have to figure these things out and work through issues, work through conflict, you know, talk about the schedule. But the, the interesting thing is the last type, this deep heartfelt connection, conversation, does not happen spontaneously. It's something that we have to intentionally pursue. We have to intentionally create time to sit down and have this deep heart level connection kind of conversation, it just won't happen.
1: Yeah, and and that's been a big one for us because again we're again like you like the couples you work with we just we're busy a lot going on, and so we've had to really learn how to how to pick those times that so we can have this ten minutes where we're investigating the inner life, hopes and dreams and fears and desires and you know bucket list kind of things. That's one of my very favorite things to do with Aaron is just to say, "Hey, what what what's on your bucket list? What's something you want to do before you die?" Cuz one that changes a lot.
2: Yeah. It does change. Yeah. But I love when he asks me that because I know that he will follow up with me and ask me, you know, how's that going? You know, how are you doing? Are you pursuing that? How can I help? How can I help be a dream maker in your life? And vice versa. I do the same with him. And so it's a great way to go deep and, and a, a good question to ask. I love when he, often he'll, we'll go out to dinner and you know, we always have the rule, no cell phones at, on our dates and he'll pull out his cell phone and I'll think, oh, you're breaking the rule again. But it's not, he um, will put on his phone, he'll download a bunch of uh, conversation starters for couples and they're just great questions that you can use, it's such an easy thing to do and pull those out and we'll have great conversation at dinner and it means the world to me because i know that he had to think about it even before we got to dinner yeah
1: we have we have a colleague at focus and he was telling me he goes "Hey, i'm going out with my wife tonight any advice so he's taking his wife out on a day and i was like hey that's cool way to go and i said my biggest advice is ask her great questions and he's a pretty creative guy and he's like well, what do i ask her <laughs> I said, just go and download. They're, they're perfect. They're all over the internet. These conversations for starters. And he did that. It was so fun to hear the next day going, man, we haven't had that kind of conversation in a long, long time. So that's, that's, just, that's such an easy one to do. Remember the, the group Journey? Okay. They have a song called Faithfully. Have you ever heard Faithfully? One of my very favorite lines, lyrics of songs ever is in that one. It says that I get the joy of rediscovering you. And that's what I want my attitude to be about Aaron. Again, as I closely pursue her, as I follow her, I'm following her for the sole purpose of rediscovering her again and again and again because one lifetime isn't long enough, right, to truly get to know someone. It's good music right there. That I like that. We could, it's got a good beat to it. And so that, that's what's been so helpful within our own relationship is to do that. So again, to closely pursue her, I want to recognize her value. Then I want to observe her, really get, to stay updated, stay current and using those 10 minutes. And then the last one, we love this word, is woo. <laughs> How often do you hear that one talked about in a relationship, to woo one another? Woo is the same thing that, that God is talking about in Hosea. So one of the most fascinating for me parts of scripture because it's the only time in the whole entire Bible you see God operating in role of husband he's trying to win right he's trying to win back his bride the children of Israel so as you remember from Hosea remember he's like talking through all these horrible things that that she deserves and then it's all of a sudden in 214 he just shifts and now it's like eh. I don't want to do that stuff. I want, I want to win her back. So he starts to give us this amazing formula. Well, it starts in 2.14. And what it starts is, therefore, I will allure her. I just love that word, allure her. What does that mean, to, to allure someone? So if, I'm, if I value her and now I'm closely pursuing her or I'm, I'm following her, now I need to do something, right, that's actually going to get her to, to turn towards me.
2: And I love the thought of a fisherman. So you use different lures for, you know, to catch different fish, apparently. I'm not, I don't know a whole lot about it. You You do. you are correct. Yes, I know there's power bait and I know there's a panther martin, right? So there's different sources to catch fish. Well, it's the same thing for us as humans. What is going to, a great question to ask is, what is gonna allure your spouse? What is gonna cause them to turn towards you? So to physically turn towards you and if they see the glimmer of this like a fish sees a a uh, lure the fish is going to go after that what's going to make them turn towards you and come towards you come after you or what same question for yourself what allures you so it's a definite you know great thing you can do between the two of you but then also with couples you're working with and it's different for for everyone you know, it can be any of these. I know for Greg and I, laughter and playfulness is a huge one. That is, I mean, that's how we met, really, and it has continued in our relationship and over and.
1: You were laughing. I was I laughing, laughing, and
2: people were laughing <laughs> at you. But I know that for Greg, it, to allure him, you know, making him laugh is just the the it's the highway to your heart. I mean, it really is, and so I take any advantage of any situation that. Creates an opportunity for laughter. And so years back, we were living in northwest Arkansas. Um, we were working at John Brown University. And um, I woke up at three in the morning, we were sound asleep, woke up, and I heard what I thought was a car running outside our house. Didn't even make sense because our house was set back from the road. But I was like, I woke Greg up and I said, You know what? I swear, I hear a car idling. A car is running outside our house. Why would a car be sitting outside our house? And I, sweet guy time and time again he will get up out of bed go out and I assume that he is like you know looking around the securing the perimeter to make sure everything's safe and that we're good and so you left well for whatever reason I was like huh it's three in the morning Greg's out of the room and I could I could really cause him to laugh when he comes back so I put pillows on my side of the bed and I crawled over to his side of the bed got down on the floor And I just laid there completely motionless and silent, just waiting for you to return.
1: This was like three in the morning, so. I know,
2: I don't know what got into
1: me. So I go stumble around, you know, we've gotta be gone for a certain amount of time, right? Or she knows I really didn't look everywhere. (laughs) So after playing the Xbox game for a little while, I came back towards our hallway and I know her well enough that I turned on the lights and I just, I peered in. And it looked like she's there in bed. I had no idea I'm staring at pillows. Thought it was her. So I shut the light off, come all the way around to my side. And I'm just about to step into my side of the bed. She screams as loud as she can, which, you know, paralyzes me. And then pulls me down. So I'm thinking it's the intruder under our bed. I didn't think to look. I mean, I really thought I was being murdered. No idea it was her until I figured it out. And then I'm like, Aaron well done but honey obviously my heart's much weaker now uh how are we gonna explain this to our kids that dad's gone because I scared him to death you know (laughs) but I'm telling you talk about alluring me after I went and changed my shorts and came back to bed I've never been more allured in all my life there is this something when she is being playful and in laughter you know, someone once said laughter is the shorter shortest distance between two people. I mean that that's what it is for me. Different the year more gifts.
2: Yes, I love gifts and Greg you've learned that over the years. And so he will often just surprise me with something and again it's the thought because I know he had to think about me before he came home or, you know, before a birthday and so when we first moved to Colorado Springs seven years ago, he surprised me with some concert tickets. And it was a group that we loved back in the 80s and we were so excited to go and hear this group. And so we were sitting in the very back of this huge crowded auditorium and kind of snuggled up and a, certain, a song came on and we realized we both loved this song back in the yeah. 80s. Yeah,
1: I'm just got my arm around her and we're just listening and this song came on. I went, oh, I love this song. And she goes, oh, it's like one of my all time favorites. I went, seriously, mine too. And then I just had this flash it's it ever happened, you're talking, you just have this memory pop right into your brain? And I said, do you remember when we were first dating and, and we were driving and this song came off? And you start singing, you gave me that look, and I pulled over some parking lot. We just sat there and listened to this song, smooched. I said, do you remember that? She went, it's a great memory, but that wasn't me. Which I still think it was you, because you're also older and remember Mm, things differently. No, and if you want me
2: to share with them, (laughs) since I knew you in college, I could tell (laughs) them who it was. No, 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 No. that's
1: all right, that's (laughs) all right. That's what I thought. Yeah, (laughs) That would probably not allure you if you were to reminisce there.
2: No, so just when you reminisce or think about your spouse and sweet memories, just make sure they are memories about your spouse. That's just a free piece of advice we're gonna we're gonna call that's gonna be a title of a new book yeah (laughs) so it could be any of these um, affirmation gratitude prayer listening you know what is it that's gonna cause you to turn towards your spouse to be allured by them what allures you and to become aware and share that with your spouse and you know teach these couples to really think about what is gonna cause their spouse to turn towards them
1: yeah to cherish her to follow so observe what is it that 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 I love, you know, what, what is it that, that, that she likes, you know, as is, is then I do those things, all that. Psalms 23, your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. That's what I want her experience to be. So that's what we're trying to help these couples really understand, is how do we, how do, we do that? How do I continue to chase you? Because again, would they need to understand how do, how do they fight well? But how do I invest? And so this is just a great way just to walk through some, some very simple, practical ways to do that. So that's definitely one of the ways. So around communication, so we, we're teaching these couples kind of that, that, that 10 minutes a day. How are you guys doing? Do you need, need to stand yeah, up and stretch? Do you need stretch. to stand up at all, are you doing all right? Doing good. OK? All right, good. good. If you need to. Ugh. Yeah, where's my Oh yeah, left it. Here, though, is that this is this is also this is another really easy way to help couples deal with a a, such a common problem that exists in our culture. And we've talked a little bit about it, right? Mm -hmm. But just dealing with busyness. Mm -hmm. I mean, the people you work with, I mean, are they busy? Are you busy? Yeah, we have a lot going on.
2: Yeah, and just trying to find time to connect. And especially as a woman, as a wife, I know that I need to invest in my marriage and in Greg. And often I'm pulled in so many different directions with kids and work and you know things at church and kids sports and on and on that I often feel like I'm letting, I'm not living up to my potential as a wife. And so when we learned about this, this was such a great concept that we have been applying in our own marriage probably for the last eight years. And it has truly made such a huge difference and it's so simple. It's just an easy, easy application. And I love that because it, it's not adding one more thing to our already overflowing busy plates of our lives. It's one more way that we can add to our most important relationships, our marriage with our kids, with our family members, and it's not gonna overload us.
1: Yeah, because usually I don't know about you. When someone starts to talk about busyness, I know they're instantly going to give me other things I need to be doing. <laughs> and and as Aaron is saying, what already feels like an overloaded plate, I'm I'm thinking, Oh, great! Now I'm going to get five things I need to add that I'm really not doing. That I feels overwhelming. As a matter of fact, my a good friend of mine. I know this is a good friend of of yours as well, Sharon. Uh, A guy named Sean Stover and I wrote a book called The Wholehearted Marriage. And we have a chapter in there called The Exhausted Heart. So just talking about busyness and exhaustion. I remember calling him up up one time laughing out of control because I had found a website just doing some research around busyness. I found a website that was a thousand and one ways to simplify your life. (laughs) And You talk about feeling overwhelmed, going, "What? I don't have time for three things, much less to try to figure out of the thousand and one, what do I need to be doing?" And so when we when we work with couples, what we're trying to tell them is, listen, we, we get that your plate is overflowing. And as important as it is probably to evaluate the plate, to notice are there some things that we can jettison or what are some things that we should be doing to strengthen our marriage? Really, what we also try to show them is that, you know what, funny enough, we guarantee that there are things happening every day in your marriage that you probably don't even pay attention to. That actually, things that happen every day between us that we could be taking advantage of to strengthen our marriage. Mm-hmm. And this is what really has made such a big difference. And it, and it came from, in Deuteronomy, I think it's Deuteronomy eleven nineteen. so when when God is talking about teaching our children, right, about Him. He's saying, you know, don't do that in this real formal way. Just take advantage, right, of everyday moments when they wake up, when they lie down, when they walk around the way, when they're sitting at home. Just these just everyday moments to take advantage, to teach our kids that we thought, why can't that work for us? There's got to be moments that happen in every day that we could repurpose that, right, that we could take back. And so Erin and I, there's lots, but we found four in particular that seem to make a big, big difference. So again, it's not adding more, it's just taking advantage of things that happen, you know, pretty regularly.
2: Mm-hmm. And so we came up with four, like Greg said, but as we're talking, just be thinking about what are these moments for you in your marriage. And you know, when you're working with couples too, what are the moments in their lives? It may look different. People have different schedules, they're in different stages of life, but they're just pretty across the board. Things that we have experienced, and if if you miss one of these moments, you know it's not devastating to a marriage, it's just an opportunity that passes. And so we love to take advantage of them because it does. It strengthens our marriage in such simple, simplistic ways. And so number one is saying goodbye in the morning. So when someone's gonna leave the house, Um, In the morning, someone's going to work, someone's running errands, someone's leaving your presence. How do you say goodbye? How do you, do you make effort? Do you take effort into how you say goodbye? I know there's some retired couples that have come up to us after we've said this, and we're like, they're like, dear Lord, we wish someone was leaving the house, you know. (laughs) We don't know what to do with all the time we have together so it's it's just a matter of looking at this is an opportunity for us we get up you know we both get ready greg usually leaves before i do because he takes the kids to school which i love and you know then we'll usually see each other later on during the day at focus but how do we say goodbye there's opportunities first and foremost you can compliment each other after you've gotten up and you get ready maybe you know i do my hair greg gets dressed and you know i'll say hey hey i really like that jacket i that's a nice jacket and you know just a compliment and i'll say well i bought that for 50 percent off at you know Steinmart, but i really like your jacket and then we can also offer encouragement encouragement actually means to make courageous and only twice in scripture are we told to do something on a daily basis You know, one is to take up your cross daily. And the second one is to encourage one another daily. So I'm called to offer encouragement each and every day. And, you know, I want to make him courageous before he walks out the door. I want to breathe that into him. And so it's an opportunity that I have. But if I'm if I'm going to encourage him, then I have to ask what he has going on that day. So I can ask, you know, hey, do you have meetings today? Yes, I have a presentation. Great. You're going to do awesome. At that presentation. So, offer a compliment, encourage one another. And then the third one was so interesting to me because I came across research. I love research as a nurse and as a counselor. I love any kind of research, especially when it comes to our, our relationships and human behavior. So, this researcher looked at men that were kissed by their wives before they walked out the door. Just their wives took the effort to, to kiss them. And so we have that opportunity to show a physical sign of affection. These men that were kissed by their wives, they actually had less car accidents on the way to work. They missed less work. They earned 20 to 30% more and they lived five years longer. I was like, really? I mean, just a simple kiss. We're not talking about the Guinness Book or World Record kiss. That was a couple in Thailand that they kissed for like 46 straight hours. This is nasty. <laughs> no bath no bathroom break. <laughs> no thank you. <laughs> so I love before he leaves now. I'm like, no, 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 you can't leave. I've gotta I've gotta offer a sign of affection. So we'll kiss. And I actually did this with our daughter Murphy when she was, you know, going through kind of that awkward teen stage, didn't wanna to be touched, you know, just ill. you know, and I'd be like, Murph, you know, she's leaving. I'm like, I've gotta I wanna hug you before you leave. And she'd be like, Mom, you know, ah. And so I would actually ambush hug her. I would, you know, come up behind her and sneak around the corner and grab her and hug her. And I'd be saying things like, this is releasing endorphins in your body and good chemicals. You're going to have a better day and so am I because of this. And day after day I did that, week after week, month after month. You know, before she graduated high school, what had happened is she started coming to find me, to tell me I need a hug from you before I leave. And I love that. And now that she's away at college, I just have more to offer you.
1: Amen. Yeah, more loving to send your way because (laughs) Murphy's
2: not around. I'll take it. You know, it's just an opportunity that we have to compliment, encourage, and offer a sign of affection before we go our separate ways for a day. And really what it does is it sends a positive message. There's a benefit that it's sending him off. In a way that he feels good about our relationship that we're connected prior to him leaving it's so simple
1: yeah setting a positive tone for yeah. the rest of the day which is such a good thing so how we say goodbye as a matter of fact i i remember newly married we were at a party so as an introvert i'm in the corner <laughs> not wanting to talk to anybody and this older gentleman comes up and we started visiting and we just got talking and yeah just you know, only been married a couple months. He goes, let me give you my best piece of advice. So I'm like, okay, fine. What do you got? He goes, don't ever let the first compliment your wife hears come from another man. And I always thought, well, yeah, that's good. And so in in the same way, so how we say, I want to make sure that, that she's hearing that from me. While you're away, it's another great opportunity. We are probably going to be separated at some point. We do work together, but... There's plenty of times that we're separated through the day how we take advantage of that time can make a big difference am i you know texting her where my phone went do i do i send her a quick email or a quick phone call or just some effort just to connect um it's hard for me i don't know what you're like but but when i'm at work i'm thinking about what about work She's amazing. The way her brain works, she's thinking about work and like 97 other things. And, and I get very compartmentalized. So I'm thinking about work. And so I know it's important to connect with her. But I, honestly, I, just, I get so busy at times, I don't think about that. I put, if, if Garrison and Annie, you've seen this on the computer in my office, two little words. So I have this big monitor right there, two little words. It says, text Aaron. <laughs> in that sort of sad and pathetic that I've had to do that to remember but I do and that's really really helpful so this one time I just I was wrapped up a meeting I went to my computer had a couple moments before the next meeting so I saw my little note text Aaron so I grabbed my cell phone and I just you know just typed out a couple things and and I said you know hey thank you for breakfast this morning delicious and hey you looked beautiful and then I remembered that our kids were all going to be gone. Like they were all had stuff going on, and we'd actually be alone. So I'm like, hey, later on tonight, a little, you know, so I just started throwing out ideas and stuff of how we could use our time together, just the two of us. So it got a little, a a little uh, graphic, but she's my wife, I can do that. And so I sent it. So I start typing away again, well, I'm talking instantly a response. So I'm thinking, oh, yeah. So I pick up my phone, I look and I went, what? Because it's from my boss. <laughs> and he literally goes, Please tell me that you meant this for your wife. <laughs> oh my gosh. So what do you say to that? So I just texted him back. Nope. I was just thinking about our meeting later on. And uh, yeah. So again, kind of like you were saying, if you text your wife or husband, just make, make sure, sure them. it's them. That, yeah. Yes, that's great, great advice. Yes. So one of. Yeah, totally. yeah yeah well you can't yeah I was out there. I just accepted it. One of the things though how how we connect while we're away, what it does is it sends a message to Aaron. love the verse it's probably Paul saying in the New Testament that that I thank my God every time I think of you and, and that that's what I want her experience to be is that the an awareness one is that she's on my mind. <laughs> That's a good thing. And that she matters enough for me to actually take a moment and just send her a quick text or an email or make a quick phone call. All of that just speaks value to her. So how we say goodbye in the morning can make a big difference. How we connect during the day. Again, these are just moments that are happening that we can either let go by or we can actually use to strengthen our own relationship. Third one, this is, this is one I, I, I would say this was even your favorite. Yeah, I'm guessing I like because this you, you do this.
2: I go above and you beyond. You really do. Yes. I really do. So when whoever is arriving back home, whether they've been at work all day, running errands, whatever, whoever is coming back through the front door, how do you greet them? Do you make an effort to greet them? I know usually when Greg comes in, you know, five o'clock, five fifteen, typically around that time, I'm busy making dinner, trying to get kids going on homework. You know, it's kind of chaotic because we, you know, we have activities going on. So he would walk in and I would I'd be like, hey, welcome home, you know, but no more. Now I really like to make the effort to really stop and greet you. And we have a quick video of a guy who really went above and beyond as well. And he set up this whole thing to greet his wife when she was coming home. And it doesn't always go as we expect.
0: Yeah. Hey, go.
2: got to get go down. Come on. buddy he really was trying and so sometimes it's gonna go south and that's okay but I know for me when you come in like I, I set everything down now and I'll go to the front door and I will greet him show a sign of affection and you know just welcome you home welcome him back into my presence it's an opportunity to strengthen this relationship you think about your your family dog when you come home what do they do they're so excited and, you know, super excited that you're home. We have a cat, and the cat could care less when we come and go. The cat, you know, walks by and is like, it's you again. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. Awesome. Yeah. But really making the effort to, to greet Greg and welcome him home. And what this does is it sets a positive tone for the rest of the evening. So whatever activities are going on that night, more likely they're going to go well because there's a positive tone has been set.
1: Yeah, And Erin, like I said, she's really been working at this and I, and I love this I love when I come home she'll she'll have our kids so Garrison and Annie positioned strategically in the garage with all the lights turned off so I'll pull in park the car come in and they scare me and jump out and, and but the other day though you, you got me the best it's been the best greeting thus far okay arriving when I've arrived or actually you were I was coming you home, were the yeah. one coming home. But Aaron, uh, we had our, uh, my sister was in town. You know, we send her all the perverted texts. You know, that sister. <laughs> and so my sister loves scary movies. And, and it's not my favorite. She loves it. Well, Aaron was gone this one particular evening. She, she's on the board of a local crisis pregnancy center. So she was gone. So my sister says, hey, Aaron's gone. She hates scary movies. Let's you and I. Let's take the kids down, the older kids, and go watch a scary movie. I'm like, seriously? Fine. So we're down in our basement, okay, watching this scary movie. So I think Garrison was there, her, and and I think there's Murphy was probably there. Anyway, so her daughter was there. Well, I'm situated right by our sliding glass door in the dark basement that had we had to open the door so that her dog my sister's dog could run in and out so we're right at the like scariest part of this movie i mean i'm freaking out like kids have got blankets pulled up and it's this real terrifying scene well all of a sudden my sister screams as loud as she can which again you know just paralyzes you i'm like what on earth and she points and goes there's someone in the doorway i went what Because in the doorway was a person standing there with a black mask pulled down over their face holding a knife. And it was so terrifying because the music and the scream is going on in the movie and I'm looking at this intruder right there. And I really didn't know what to do. Like they were already, I mean, it's right in the doorway just standing there with this big knife. And so I'm looking at the kids and all of them pulled their blankets up over their head. And I'm thinking, what is that going to do? The knife will go right through the run. So I'm just about to spring into action. I'm not sure what I was going to do, but I've just got to do something. Well, as I'm about to go after this person, I I see them and they're like bouncing up and down. I'm like, what an odd thing to do before you kill a family. I mean, what? And then I realized this, the sinister person was laughing. And all of a sudden, the mask comes up, it's her.
2: (laughs) But it wasn't a knife. I never, I got home and he had told me they were gonna be in the basement watching a scary movie. Well, what an opportunity. So I walked in, I'm like, what can I do? And so I knew if I had a knife, and I went down the back stairs in the dark, I would slip and fall, and it would be disaster. So I had blunt toddler scissors. So I literally was standing there with blunt toddler preschool scissors, these little tiny things. Looks scary. So I never dreamt you would fall for it.
1: Well, it's me. Yeah. Sheesh. But. So again, never felt more allured. Yes. (laughs) In all my life.
2: (laughs) But it's an opportunity. As someone is coming back into your presence, take the time to greet them. Maybe not like that, but. (laughs) (laughs) No.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody would like that. No. Yeah. Yeah, not you either. Yeah. No.
2: But I know you like that. Yeah. And so just take the time to set everything down and turn towards them, give them eye contact, show a sign of affection and welcome them back into your presence.
1: Yeah. And how we greet one another as we arrive home, we are setting a positive tone for the rest of the evening. So again, what's cool about this is we can, we can even set good tones for our time together simply by taking advantage of these things that happen again and again and again. The last one is one of the best too. This is a great opportunity. How we say goodnight to each other before we go to bed can make such a big difference. And we wanna keep seeding the idea, you know this, we say this to the couples we work with all the time, hey, you're gonna forget, you're gonna be on your cell phones at time, you're gonna do this in a way that might even create some conflict going to happen oh well you have tomorrow night you have the next day if you forget it's okay it'll happen again that's what we like about this is teaching them this is stuff that just happens again and again and again just get in the habit of it which we've done but I love this opportunity yet we blow it at times we miss the opportunity I remember one of the strangest conversations we ever had in our entire married life of 26 years happened right at this moment We were laying in bed one night. We had been married, what, maybe? Two weeks. Yeah, two weeks.
2: We had been married two weeks. Greg was at Denver Seminary, and, you know, with the the super thin walls that we discovered before we moved out. Um, Two weeks into our marriage, and i just home from our honeymoon, and I wanted to ask what I thought was a very simple question. I thought it was very straightforward. I wanted to know how I was doing as a wife. We'd been married for two weeks, so I was like, you know what? I just want to check in. How am I doing as a wife?
1: Does anybody hear that as a simple question? Guys, is this simple? Yeah. Oh, I know the women are like, oh, this is easy. How hard is this? Well, it's hard for the average guy. Because what I said to her, I quickly learned that women seem to hate this word. I thought it was a great word before we got married, but apparently it's an awful word. So she asked me, how am I doing as a wife? Well, before I tell you, what should I have said? What would have been a good response? (laughs) Wonderful Awesome, fantastic, yeah, 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 yeah. Those are all great. Not quite what I came up with. So she said, "How am I doing as a wife?" And I said, "Fine." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you 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 know what's wrong with that word? Yeah, <laughs> he's learned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't quite like that I didn't word. Like
2: that word. I'm telling you, even in foreign countries, when we've told this story, China, they knew what the word was. Fine. Kay. They don't like the word either. I didn't know I didn't like the word until we got married. And so I can remember coming out and going, hey, do you like this outfit? And he's like, yeah, it's fine. And I'm like, what does that mean? And then I heard the definition, fine, feelings inside not expressed. So I knew you had more that you wanted to share with me. How am I doing as a wife? Fine. Feelings inside not expressed. So I knew that there was more that you wanted to share, but for whatever reason, he didn't feel safe to share it.
1: That's true. I did feel safe. That's true. But, guys, is there more? Do, do we have more going on up here that we want to share? No, never. I know you think we do, right? They believe we do. We don't. Like, some of our biggest fights have been over. She'll, I'll just be sitting there staring at something, and she'll say, Hey, what are you thinking about? And what do I say? Nothing. And it so irritates her. Exactly. Yeah. She's accusing me of lying. Like, well, okay, if you don't want to tell me, whatever you're hiding, that's fine. You know, God will reveal it later, whatever. Yeah, it drives her nuts. And I've never been able to convince her. I'm like, I really wasn't thinking of anything. Not then. Well, I'll tell you this one time. Garrison and I were down in the basement, you know, the basement of horrors there in our house. <laughs> so we're watching a football game. So right, Garrison, we're in this football game or watch it away and right at one of the best moments well Erin comes down running down the stairs and she comes right over to where I'm at and just stands there like she's just standing I'm watching the game like hey hun." she's like oh don't hey hun, me I'm like I'm thinking what what did I do What, what did you do Garrison I mean it's just one of those well she's holding papers in her hand and she goes oh I don't even want to tell you what I'm holding in my hand and I said okay I'm thinking, why would you come down to tell me you're not going to do something? You could have just stayed upstairs. The whole thing would have been about the same net effect, anyway. So tell them though, what you found, because it's going to change your life. I'm telling you right now. It truly
2: did change my life because I had heard about the nothing box and on and on, but I wanted research. I wanted actual research to tell me because he would tell me, "I'm not thinking about anything. It's nothing." And you know, we'd be on a road trip and he'd be driving, staring off in the distance, and I'm thinking. He's having some big philosophical, theological, emotional experience going on, and he would say nothing. He's thinking about nothing.
1: She's mocking me, by the way.
2: <laughs> so I was, he was down watching the football game. I was on online or something. I saw this research study, so I clicked on it, and it was actually out of UCLA. And UCLA, they were studying the differences between men and women's brains, and they hooked up brain monitors that had a printout of the brain activity of both men and women. And what they found was absolutely fascinating because they found in the printout on the men's brains that there were periods of time where absolutely nothing was happening. Nothing was printing out.
1: We told them, right? Yeah.
2: Versus for us as women, that never happens. We were always thinking about something. They found that in the study and we know it's true because we are always, you know, I'm thinking about Christmas already. And, you know, here it is May. And, you know, what are what are we doing for Christmas? What gifts are we buying? You know, how much money do we need to save and on and on. And so we're always thinking about something. And so it was just a, a difference.
1: <laughs> well, that particular night, she wouldn't let this go. So the... the the, the fine wasn't good enough, <laughs> so tell him what you did yeah, to me so here
2: next. I've asked him two weeks into our marriage what, uh, I can't even remember what I asked yeah. you two weeks into our marriage. How am I doing as a wife? He says, fine, I don't like it. I find the research that there's actually more that you wanted to say. So I decide, I was working as a labor and delivery nurse at that time, and when women would come in and labor, I'd ask them the same question every time. Zero to ten, how bad is your pain? Zero, you're in no pain. Ten, you're in a lot of pain. Where, you know, where are you at? So I thought, hey, that could work for this. So, Greg, zero, I'm the greatest wife. Zero, I'm the worst wife. Ten, I'm the greatest wife. Where do I fall?
1: Yeah, what could possibly go wrong, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I thought this through because now I'm thinking Uh she wants feedback. Yeah.
2: He says he thought it through. I actually could hear him adding and subtracting on the other side of the bed. So he was he was mathematically figuring it out. You asked a
1: mathematical question. <laughs> your own fault. So I think this through. I think I come up with a perfect number. So before I tell you my number, what should I have said? <laughs> yeah, eleven. Yeah, that's exactly how I'd answer that now. Not quite what I came up with then. Now, in my defense, i only been married two weeks, but I told her, I said, "Aaron, I am proud to tell you that you are a 9.3. <laughs> yeah, that didn't go over well at all. No. She starts to cry. And I'm going, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, nah. I said, honey, the 9.3, that's like a 93%, which is a what? It's an A. thank you who said that That
2: thank (laughs) you who said that
1: oh fine you talked to her before we started
2: (laughs) no oh
1: my gosh all i can know is we get into this stupid fight about my rating system i'm (laughs) i'm telling her you asked i answered it you just can't handle the truth you know i'm like it's going down it's like a 9.2 because you're arguing with me right about now (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, I hey, I had no idea. Oh, there were much deeper issues at work. Um, yeah, I had I'd be no thrilled
2: idea. to be a 9.3 today, 93%. Yeah, well, you're
1: a 14 today, thank but that's you. not the point. The point was back then. <laughs> all right, see, I was a C student. Any other C students in the room? I know we're a bunch of overachiever. Okay, a couple. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Did he point at you or were you raising your hand? Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, yes, we can relay. Okay, C students... Okay, so if I had ever brought home a 93 percent, my parents, we would have celebrated for we would have slaughtered the fatted calf and we would have celebrated forever because I didn't bring grades like that home. But that was a little different for you. I didn't even know this. No,
2: I didn't understand the enormity of it, but I was one of those students. Ninety eight percent and above was passing. So 9.8 would have been acceptable. So 9.3 to to me would have been, back then, was like failing.
1: Yeah. I mean, she was academically a high overachiever. Like she graduated high school with a 4.3 GPA. I remember she told me that one time and went, hey, honey, it's me. I unconditionally accept you. You have to make stuff up. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Because the highest is a what? A 4.0. Well, she, she's like, oh, no, 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 no. You can take honors classes and get an even higher GPA. I went, what kind of classes? No one invited me into an <laughs> honors class. I had no idea. I always wondered where the smart kids were during the day. You're off in your honors classes. And geez. Well, I tell you, we, yeah, so we get in this terrible fight. It's the moment we're supposed to be going to sleep, and it's supposed to be positive and taking advantage of that moment. And now we're in this big fight. I think it ended When she goes, she was so mad at me. Because I kept going, listen, all right, Jesus is a 10, all right? And in many ways, I was trying to say, and you're not Christ, okay? And so, uh, it just didn't work. And so, she's so mad at me. So, finally, she goes, she goes, oh, yeah? She goes, I may be a 9.3, but at least I'm not a 5 like you are. Yes. And then I thought, eh, is a C student? That's about right, (laughs) you know? I can, I can live with that. Felt comfy, like some slippers or something. <laughs> Felt, I was used to that. We are going to blow it, right? We are going to miss these opportunities. And that's the point that I love about thinking about our marriage as these moments. Is that they're going to, I can redeem tomorrow nights if I miss tonight. Mm-hmm. And yet some of the things that we've discovered that can make such a big difference in this time outside of the obvious, okay, is gratitude. What would it be like if one of the last things that she heard from me is just articulating something that I noticed that she did that day that I really appreciated? You know, thank you for driving Annie to soccer twice that night or whatever. You know, thank you for making dinner, it was amazing. Thank you for picking up dry cleaning. Thank you for doing my lawn, whatever. Something specific and expressing that gratitude. The last thing, though, that, that we encourage couples to do, the last words I want her to hear from me, again, you know this and you teach this, is praying together. Because what, what's been so cool about this is that if I'm going to pray for her, I actually have to say, what's something that I could pray for you about? And I'm telling you, I'll learn things. I'll say, no, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. what meeting do you have tomorrow? I didn't even know you were doing that. Or oh, wow, and she doesn't tell me names, but I'm struggling with this particular client. And, oh, wow, and then let, whatever. It's been, it's made such a big difference for us, just really looking at these, these different moments. How we say goodnight to each other, that's the feeling that your spouse will hold all night long. So again, I can't control her. I can't dictate how our marriage is going to be, but I can certainly influence that and how I say goodbye to her, how I connect during the day, how we greet one another, how we say goodnight can have such a great influence, and it's made such a big difference within our marriage. So we really work to help couples really do that. There's beauty and adventure, I love this quote, in the commonplace for those with eyes to see beyond. In other words, these everyday moments that we might have never paid attention to can really make such a big difference Mm -hmm.
2: I love this thought we have 1440 minutes per day but how many of these minutes are moments you know the heartfelt genuine connecting moments and so why not take advantage of the minutes and repurpose them into moments 1440 minutes that's a lot that we have accessible to us so why not use them to strengthen our, our relationship our marriage relationship and our relationships with those that we we value and love
1: yeah we again have that assessment and there's there's some there's some little note cards with the link on there it's free and so as you work with couples if you want to take that again absolutely free what it does it on those 12 traits it'll show you the three your three highest so what you're already doing well keep doing that great it's going to show you some growth areas and then depending on what the growth areas are then then we just we then can send people real specific content pieces, again, all for free, just on 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 growing in, in those particular areas. So if you have any questions, I mean, we have a little tiny bit of time left, we can take some but if you would like to get a hold of remember Erin's an extrovert, so she'd love to talk. Um, not sure that I am, but she made me put mine up there as well. So we'd love to answer if there's a question or anything that, that we can answer for you. The thing that we're trying to to share with our couples is, is the, I mean, this quote so gives the essence, a successful marriage is an edifice that must be rebuilt every day. What am I doing for my marriage today? I've got to learn how to invest because it's not going to happen on its own, right? We, marriage doesn't have a cruise control. There's no autopilot set, and we can't just hit a button, send the marriage down, the road hoping it's going to be okay. We know that. It doesn't work that way. And, and it matters. And I don't want to just be her roommate. That's, that's not what God had in mind when he gave us this amazing gift. And so we're looking for those kind of ways to help couples invest. What have you found? What are other ways, things that you teach your couples to keep their marriage strong? Again, more from that proactively investing part. What else do you guys do? We'll take credit just, for it. Yeah. If it was good, I said it. But if, you know, if it wasn't. Um, you know, often, like I ask, you know, how can my marriage be better? Yeah. Or how can my wife be
2: better? Instead of asking how can I be a better husband. It seems to be like yeah. yeah. yeah
1: maybe you said that. We do. We do talk about that. Yeah. The yeah. worst question is how can I have a better marriage? Yeah. Because it takes two of us to have a great marriage. But I can always figure out how to be a better husband. And that gives them control. That's mm-hmm. what we want. It's just like when people come in, have you ever had people come in and say, you know, I've just, we have just fallen out of love, just not sure I love them anymore. Have you ever heard that in the couples you've worked with? And we always try to tell them, right, very quickly, I mean, you do this all the time in your clinical work, is that, you know, love really, that has nothing to do with it. Because you and I don't control love. God is love. My job is to keep my heart open, to allow God's love to flow through so when someone says, well, i I just fallen out of love, what they're saying is that my heart is now closed. So my spouse may be even hardened, which is why in Matthew, right, 19, that Jesus says, well, Moses permitted you to divorce because why? Do you remember what he says? Yeah, because of your hardened heart, which is, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Really? Aww. Really? <laughs> How many years have you been married? Wow.
1: <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah mm mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah in that in that such importance, I know we we believe in the same thing, we try to do and it's hard, right? We have kids, and it's hard to make find the time to do it was always tell people spend money on your marriage like you're talking about i remember one time right we were trying to get out of the house mm. and and we just had recently brought annie home from from china and so she was just like full on yeah, wrapped I had around your full leg full
2: on three-year-old wrapped around my leg it was like those klingons and so i'm trying to walk out the house to go on our date and she is you know just on there was uh, awkward to go on a, gate with, a date with a three-year-old stuck to your leg But it was so sweet because Garrison um, got down at her level and was talking to her and saying, it's okay, Annie, mom and dad are going on a date. And she's like, what? She couldn't quite figure that out, so he explained it to her.
1: Yeah, it was really cool, him explaining why they need to be alone and it's good for their marriage. And I'm like, you hear nothing, I say. How did you pick this up? (laughs) I was quite impressed. And so Annie goes, oh, okay. She goes, but like, what do they do on their date? And Garrison goes, actually, I have no idea. But it ends in kissing. <laughs> That's my boy, right? There we go. Yeah, so you're right. Just yeah. those just we, we, we often even frame it like you're saying to tell couples you need you need a daily pause. So kind of that 10 minutes that we were talking mm-hmm. about, you need a daily pause to where you keep updated. You need a weekly date and then an annual adventure which is exactly what you're saying. So yeah. I love it. That's what, really good. Yeah.
2: Ah. Good reminiscing. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I what like
2: you it. were saying about, you know, instead of focusing on how can we have a better marriage, focusing on how can I be a better wife or how can he be a better husband? Re, uh, a while back, was working with a couple who had been married for 53 years. They were like later 70s, and they came to counseling with divorce papers in hand, and I was like, "No way, not on my clock. No way, is this going to end in divorce?" And so I saw them for weeks and weeks, and literally one one day I said that I said, "You," because she was very concerned about what he was doing and how he was living, and on and on. And so I was trying to explain to her. You know personal responsibility and on and on really the essence is how do you be the best wife God is calling you to be and I'm telling you changed everything they came back two weeks later and they're like you know what the papers are gone and we've made a pact we want to grow old together and I was I was laughing because I was like well you're almost 80 (laughs) but I'm so happy I mean I, I we all cried because it was the sweetest thing ever And it was simply her realizing i can only control me can't control him and she said the holy ghost is telling me exactly what i need to do and how i need to show up and i need to release him to do the same
1: any other things that you do with couples yeah or in your own marriage
2: I like that. Wow. Oh. That's cool. Oh, I like that. Hmm. We, I
1: like we're going to steal that one. Yeah. I like that Our one. Our
2: kids will love it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We haven't kissed in front of them today. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's we kind of, we, we do anytime we, Anytime there's a prayer, we pray, we, we always take hands. It, same kind of thing. I mean, that's just that's part of our ritual. So I love love the ritual advice. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I our Our today, Yeah. Though we have more time, we have to understand that that can take all of the models out of the dark, you spend the day but again, can. it was a tent, a tent mm-hmm. tent or yeah. But
2: really, you mm-hmm. lots of stuff, So, so right. we all do it where mm-hmm. things that we really want to talk about, is convenient. We've got 12 minutes, so we have no energy and no mm-hmm. capacity and even empathy. Right.
1: Yeah. Right. We just need some Try. Right.
0: good yeah
1: yeah, yeah we great. need to protect these moments there are certain moments that are absolutely worth protecting yeah and I think so So often too is is for Christians it's easy to misapply that don't let the sun go down in your anger and and that's often heard as well we can't go to bed until we solve fill in the blank x y or z versus <laughs> it doesn't say that says don't let the sun go down on your anger and that's that's something that i can deal with between me and the lord and then we have a good night's sleep and and then we can deal about it whatever's going on the next day or the next morning whatever so you're right
2: mm-hmm. that sister in no, that's a you good, good to rule you to it's dressed. it's worth
1: it mm-hmm. it is
2: Yeah, it's gotten earlier and earlier for us as we've gotten older, (laughs) but, you know, no
1: fighting after 4.30 p.m. (laughs) Yeah, right before we go to the the (laughs) Luby's cafeteria. Yeah, for mashed potatoes.
2: That provides many that's opportunities. Easy. Yeah, no, yeah.
1: No problems. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Mhm. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: that's good. Alright, I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. Cause yeah, cause people. Oh, no, you are. Oh, fine. Well, you know, they just <laughs> have a stupid beach here. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It yeah, because it can, it can, if I believe this is going to go on forever, the helpless, helpless, I mean, all that can, mm-hmm. can get in there. And Satan loves to, mm-hmm. to go, it's never going to change. It's mm-hmm. always going to be like this. So, yeah, that's, that's, I, that's, that's a wonderful way of dealing with that. So it's good. Well, we love being here with you guys. So thank you for taking the time out of your beautiful day, finally, Mm -hmm. to to hang out and to talk. So we'll be back there. We brought that book based on those 12 things we talked about, the crazy little thing called marriage. Did you bring yours as well? I did. No. Okay. Erin just had a new book come out called The Ten Things That Every... A.
2: (laughs) Ten Things A Husband Needs From His Wife.
1: (laughs) Yes. I told (laughs) her there's only two, so exactly yeah, there's, there. there's just yeah. two he says feed yeah. me and sleep with me that's yeah. it
2: and i say but whose name is on the book it's my my name it says aaron oh, yeah. smalley so i decided there's ten that's right. You so it's ten eight things. bonuses yeah yes ten things a husband yeah. needs that's from right. his wife so
1: so again you guys thank you so mm-hmm. much for, for being here. thank you very much you have a good rest of your day